Welcome to the Guitar Dads Podcast, the podcast for guitar dads by guitar dads. This week, it's all about the brand. We're talking rage, but there won't be a machine, and we take a deep dive down the bottomless pit of gear-selling misery. Facebook is a dumpster fire, this week on the Guitar Dads Podcast. Now, two guys who are really no better than the two Muppets in the balcony, Matt and Dave. (laughs) Hello, everybody. I'm Matt. And I'm Dave, and welcome to the pod. It's episode 44, and it's 2022. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope everybody had a wonderful holiday season. I and, don't. And, and had a, maybe a little bit of time okay, off, I, I hope. I hope people had a little bit of time off to relax a little bit. I did myself, which was nice. Um, I actually had COVID um, before the holidays. I think we recorded secret, the last... Secret? Yeah, I think we recorded yeah, the letting last, the cat out of the bag. We recorded the last podcast um, of the year, the Daddies. Hopefully, you listened to the Daddies. Hopefully, you guys listened to the Daddies. But now yeah. we're doing it live from quarantine. I did it live from quarantine. I had COVID. Thankfully, I had a mild case, so I survived. But yeah, that happened, guys. So live to tell the tale, and 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 we're back at it here. So welcome to 2022. We have a lot of cool stuff planned for you this year. 2021 was. You know, such a great year for the guitar dads, and we want to make 2022 even better. 2022, we think is going to be spectacular, and we hope you guys join us for the ride. So, yes, yes. If you are, if you are listening, yeah, thank you for listening. Check us out on Instagram at Guitar Dads Pod. Um, and where else are we? Are we still on YouTube? Yeah, find us on YouTube. Yeah, we're going to do it on YouTube. (laughs) We keep saying we're going to put more content on YouTube. We swear we're going to do it. We don't know Maybe if in YouTube, 2023. Yeah, we haven't quite determined if YouTube's going to be a thing for us or not. Yeah. That's what it comes. That's really what it comes down to. So, yeah, anyway, content desire. But we do have a special we do have a lot of things really interesting things planned for the next few few podcasts if all things go well. And if not yeah. in the next few months if all things go well, including tonight. Yeah, you want to tell them what's going on tonight? This is this is what we, we teased this to you all that we had some special things planned, and we got something special tonight. Dave, what's going on tonight? Yeah, so tonight, tonight we have a special guest interview. We're going to be interviewing uh, John Brunette, who is a, a bassist for a cover band that's well-known to these parts around the Boston area and in New England, uh, Rage. Yeah. And Rage, you guys can yeah. check Rage out on YouTube as well. Great yeah. cover band, and we'll talk to John all about it. So Yeah, uh, so... So we figured in 2022 would be a little, it'd be fun to have some more people on the podcast. So you're not just listening to us yapper on all day long here. So yeah, we want to make it an enjoyable 2022 yeah. for you people too. <laughs> yeah. So this is, so John is, um, you know, kind of, I think we can call him like a friend of the podcast, right, Dave? Friend of the podcast and, for and, sure. Absolutely. And he, and he has been listening and, and we really appreciate it. And he is in a, a working cover band. And, you know, we can't wait to get into some stories about that, especially, you know, over the COVID times, as you guys know. So, But real um, quick, before we get John on, we're going to do a couple yeah. quick news and notes because were, were, there were two very interesting things that did happen in the last few weeks um, and one yeah. more recently that we, we should quickly mention because this seems to be like a theme now. Um, David Bowie's catalog has now sold. I didn't see yes. a price tag on this. But it no, just sold to Warner real. Music. 
So yeah, no price, not not revealed yet, but somebody's going to dig it out. Yeah. But that, so let's talk about that for a second. Another one falls. So that was interesting because I, we didn't touch on it in our last episode of the year, but right around that time, right before Christmas, it was announced that Bruce Springsteen sold his entire catalog for $500 million. Yes. Um, which was huge. That is a S load of money. Yeah. I mean, this is old news now, but this is, I mean, yeah. we've, we talked about this when, um, who, who was it? Motley Crue sold their, their, um, uh, catalog, um, not a lot of crew. Yeah. Been a lot of people. sting Michael Jackson. I mean, uh, Bon Jovi. Bon jo- a lot yeah. Of, a lot, lot of people have done it. Big time artists. These and, and Paul, David and, and David Bowie. Yep. Yep. And David Bowie posthumously. Bowie's the latest. How, how do you say it? Posthumously. Posthumously. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Posthumously. <laughs> you sure it isn't posthumously? Posthumously, they're doing. He, well, I mean, estate, I don't know. Was he? Was he that his, funny? His estate has done it. Um, yeah. So it's kind of interesting, and, and this is a trend we're seeing where these these artists or the estate of these artists are saying that they just think it's worth it for them to cash in now. Right. And yeah. of course, the, the record labels, the publishing companies really think this is a big win uh, for them because they'll basically have these rights forever. And they're kind of betting that this is going to be a really lucrative thing for them. Yeah. And, the, and, the, and the upside to the artists is that, you know, it, it gets one, it gets the backing of a very large company. Right. That has a lot of power in the industry. And two, um, so that their music will probably stay relevant as long as possible because these companies have an incredibly vested interest now in making sure it does. And two, they get this massive cash out that Lots they're able out. to, Lots that they're able, yeah. And we don't know what this one was with Bowie, but in the case of Springsteen with $500 million, you know, it really, I mean, that's and a pretty significant Simon amount of a, money. <laughs> Paul Simon was a 250 million. And we, and we talked about this before on the pod. Like, I feel like it's, yeah. it's gotta be kind of hard for artists to, to give this up because Oh, it's yeah. like a lot of this, this is their baby. These are their babies, you know, yeah, totally. they put their, their blood, sweat and tears into these things. Oh yeah. And now that now they're selling it and then now they're kind of selling rights to their catalog, which I mean, it makes sense from a financial standpoint, then it's only going to be, it's probably for the, some of these artists that have, we've, I've talked about that too. Some of these artists, it's never going to be worth more than to them, more than it is right now as they're oh, getting totally. older, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe one day to their families, but you know, some of that's just gone now. So well, that's right. But, and this and this kind of creates this generational wealth for these for the for the families of these artists like right now. Right. right. As opposed to over 30, 40 years. Right. That's so right. It's kind of interesting. So, OK. OK. We got John with us here. Yeah. So we have uh, we have our interview coming up. Uh, we have uh, John Brunette here, who is the bassist. Hey, John. For, uh, for, hey, what's up, John? He's a bassist nice to meet for, you, John. Uh, band Rage. Yeah. Hey, uh, Matt. Hey, Dick Richards. Um, <laughs> for those really, for those of you not watching this, that, that is Dick the name Richards. that I have decided to put up on Zoom right now. <laughs> hey, Dick Richards. There's a good there's a good story there somewhere. I'm sure. So we have John Brunette here. He is the bassist for uh, the cover band Rage, who is a been around for a very long time, 35 plus years uh, in the in the Boston wow. and New England area. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. But uh, John joined in uh, in in June of this year, and he's been playing with them ever since. And uh, so we thought he ha- we'd have him on and ask him a bunch of questions and put him on the spot. So hey welcome, guys. John. It's great being on the podcast, and uh, 
I've listened to a number of your podcasts uh, and uh, gotten, a, gotten a pretty good kick out of them. You you you, you cover a, a kind of a wide variety of topics. I know you you love the gear, and to be honest, I'm, that's probably one of my weaker yep. like yep. understandings. I. It just never really, as a bass player, I mean, how many pedals can you have? Yeah. And, uh, and there's also one more than you have to be, <laughs> which That's is none point. right now, but I'm about to buy my first pedal, which is oh. so weird because I've been oh. playing for a long time. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you, there's a weird dynamic where um, uh, in the way I was brought up and, and learned to play and the experiences I had, it was looked at for bass players almost like a crutch, like, Yes, well, I guess you don't have the chops. You just throw a fuzz pedal on there and then you can mask it. But it's really not the way it is, obviously. It yeah. adds so much in certain songs. To just oh, yeah. it does. Right. How long have you been playing? Um, I've been playing I've been playing like uh, since I was a freshman in high school, which is a really long time. OK, <laughs> yeah. You don't and have to I tell us if you don't want to. Try. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The age. I'm not I'm not <laughs> divulging that because then, you know. Yeah, you, you don't have to divulge. But tell us, yeah. like, tell us about what it's like. Like, how long have you been? Have you been with this band for quite a long time, the Rage Band? Oh, that's a good question. I no, I haven't. I joined oh, okay. in June this year. Oh wow! Uh, so you recent? Here. Okay, all right. That's yeah. interesting. Okay. They had a right. they had a um, a bass player with them for many years. Good, really good player. He was he was with the Joe Perry Project for a while, and he oh wow. And he's oh. played in a number of other wow. things. And th these guys, this Rage group has been around for many, many years. And uh, I, I, I played with the drummer way back in the day, like back in the 80s. I was in like an original rock band. We were writing our own tunes. And I played with Joe Oh, cool! for like six, yeah. seven years. So he, Joe knew me. <clears throat> and then when their bass player needed to step back for some time, maybe, maybe he's stepping back temporarily maybe permanently but it doesn't matter we're just going with the flow right now but they didn't want to cancel gigs and they had gigs in from june so basically joe just texted me one day and said hey uh and i had jammed with the two two of the guitar players in the band hal and steve really mm. good players and probably five years ago we were just messing around so basically how it happened is joe texted me i i've known him for years i haven't played with him for many years but he said hey uh we got this thing. We don't want to cancel the gigs. What do you think? And I'm like, yeah, I've, I've cool. been like, I've been playing mostly upright bass and bluegrass bands and stuff like that at the time. And wow. I, said, I know. I said, I better go find my electric and like tune it. And it was really a weird thing. So I that's did. A, that's an interesting transition to <laughs> yeah. make too. Wow, man. But, Jeez. But it, you know, they gave me a set list. It's like 40 something songs. And you know, if I, Gave you like the list of songs. Everybody knows all these songs, but yep, do you yep. really, do you know them well enough to get up there and play them in front of people? Yep, no, yep. I did not. Not even okay. close. So what that's, was your process then to kind of, yeah. yeah. What was your process to learn all that? I mean, that's a, that's a, a was, huge catalog to learn. Yeah. I think, I think anybody can do it. It's just, uh, to me, it's all muscle memory. I know, I know you guys have talked about that too. At some point you were talking yeah. about, how do you practice? How do you do? Oh yeah, we were. That. Yeah. And, and to me, it's like repetition, repetition, make your mistakes in your room, not out there in front of somebody. So to me, it was just pounding the songs. And my, my wife can tell you, uh, <laughs> you know, if she heard like rebel yell, Billy Idol one more time. She probably <laughs> run out. But it, I had to play that. That was one of the songs I just had to keep pounding. So basically what I did is just take the set list and just every night, just grind I take, it. I take yeah. one set 
it was three sets worth of songs. I'd take one set and just, and then I'd, I'd map out little notes in a notebook and things that I kept messing up on. So oh, nice. Reminded, nice. So that's basically how I did it. That's a lot. So I'm thinking what 40 ish songs around there yep. so that you had to come up to speed on. And, and how long did you have to come up to speed on it? <laughs> I had a month. Okay. All right. That's not terrible, but yeah, it's not, that's not, not, that's yeah. not easy. That's not easy. <laughs> I had a month. Yeah. yeah. As, as you guys know, I mean, I, I had a month and there's like at least two different paths on that. One is, do I know the bass part well enough to play along with the recording, which yeah. by the way, never makes a mistake. It's perfect every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's right. The stinger yeah. always comes in and, and then the second path is, can I do that with five other guys? Yeah. And the way they have little adjustments and, oh, we don't play the guitar solo there. We play it twice at the end. I'm like, okay. Yeah, that, that, kind of, yeah, yeah. that kind of uh, stuff is crazy with cover bands. Yeah. But the guys that, were good. They yeah. really jammed in a lot of rehearsals with me. And, and oh, that my was first good. gig with them was uh, my main goal was just to not have them say, yeah, thanks. It was it was good, you know, but uh, I think yeah. we're just going to cancel the rest of the gigs. <laughs> How many times did you guys rehearse then before your first gig? Yeah, I was, I was going to ask that. Good question. Probably. Probably like twice a week. So let, let's say six, seven times. Oh, that's that's OK. That's actually pretty good, because I was imagining a band like this with very seasoned guys are like, OK, we'll get together for two rehearsals and and go. So that's good that they gave you the time to. That's, that's what I'm saying. They were really yeah, good because that's they nice. were invested yeah. in it too. They had, like I said, three of them had played with me before, and they yeah, but they're good. really perfectionists. And, yep. and I know you know Matt that you play out and yeah, you want to just not make the silly mistakes where yeah, they're unavoidable sometimes. But a couple a night are okay. But if you're making them every second or third song then it's just a sloppy night right it's just sloppy right. and, and you so they got, were yeah. invested in it they wanted to bring me up and uh and that's great cool. that's re- that's a great s- situation because i've heard how many I've, I've heard so many like horror stories so that kind of speaks a lot to the band because they actually care it's not like oh this is just good enough like whatever like he can do what he needs to do and we'll just get through the gig so that's it's pretty just good the that bass they, player they yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's just bass, like whatever. Bass, like, yeah, what? <laughs> you know, like, you know. But no, but th- th- there's a lot of cover bands though that operate like that. Doesn't I mean what it could be the lead singer. Like, oh, it's good enough. It get you know, we'll get through the gigs and we'll get paid and people have fun and people don't notice. I like that's my favorite thing about cover band when when you're in like a bad cover band. It's like, um, like most people don't notice. And it's like, well, I notice and I'm embarrassed by this. <laughs> so we're gonna you play it right. One hundred percent on. That is like the slippery slope of death to me. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, they don't like who's listening to the yeah, you messed up your bass part. Well, who cares? And I'm like, I it, it's not right. It's yeah, it's just the slippery slope right. of everybody getting sloppy and having a couple extra beers each set. And then it's like, no, no, we can't let's keep this thing tight. And you're That's right, awesome. it does yeah. it is a testament to the rest of the guys. They they invested the time and they, you know, they want to go out and do it. And plus, um, I don't want to go on and on about this because I know you guys have other topics, but the, no, no, the okay. first gig and why I was actually nervous too was this kind of crazy biker bar on Route One in Maine, just like an <laughs> hour from here. It, it was, it's called Bentley Saloon, and it's it's like known. There's not. It's it's like weekend warrior type bikers. Like you can't wear your patches. If you can't be in the Hell's Angels. It's, it's not like Wally's in uh, Hampton. You ever played? Oh, there? I haven't been there. Yeah, that's 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 
That's I real. Think it's, it's sad. It, it, there's nights, I guess, where it gets yeah. pretty hardcore, but for the most part, it's like you're describing. It's the weekend warrior type. But I mean, you go yeah. in, everybody looks like they're in ZZ Top. Like it's all the guys <laughs> with the beards and the leather. <laughs> it looks the, I mean, so I didn't want to go in there and just like make a sloppy mess. I, w- I wanted the band to sound good. And, and they have a following from years that people follow them. That's the other yeah, sure. great thing. But yeah. I was blown away by like the response to the band and just the following, the loyal following. And I was like, boy, I've really missed this. I've missed that like really enthusiastic type of feedback from an audience. Cause I mean, you don't get that when I was doing some bluegrass and stuff. I love playing that and it was great for my upright chops, but it's sure. just a different, different whole vibe. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you play- were saying- yeah. No, go, go ahead, ahead Dave. No, 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 Dave. Go. No. All right. So I, uh, you were, but you were saying like, they've, <laughs> see, this is how unprepared we are. This is how we roll. Uh, this is how the, this is how the guitar dads roll every week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but no, you, so you, but you, before we went on, you were saying that you, they've been around for 35 years. And if you listen to them, they, they were so tight. Was it really, it must've been like kind of super hard to come into that kind of environment with that, with a band like that. And kind of feel like you're just you know you're just gonna like blend right in right i mean or maybe it wasn't that hard for you i don't know it like um i mean i don't want this to sound the wrong way but i i, I was confident enough that if i nailed the songs as per the recording i'd be well in the ballpark unless nice. they just did something really bizarre with the arrangement of the song yeah no, like no. if i had my bass part down and i knew how it's supposed to sound unless they were doing something completely bizarre i'd be pretty much in the ballpark yeah okay yeah makes sense so so john so how did it work like i know you just joined this band like kind of in the middle or when things just sounds like things just started to open up after covid right like how how did this band survive covid did they just go into a shutdown completely and i mean they i mean they were forced to obviously but like did it sounds like they just got right back out there as soon as they could get right back out there that's pretty much what happened okay i mean um they did shut down like everybody for a while but I think they still got together and played occasionally, like once a month or something or oh, okay. not even. I mean, see, the, the difference between them and, and me is they've been playing together for many years. So, yeah. I mean, do they want to get together and play like, uh, you know, Aerosmith tunes that they've been playing for 25, 30 years? 30 years? <laughs> no. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I but, get it. Yeah. And when we came out, we played outside, you know, it's like everybody when they first came out, the first gigs were kind of like outside under a tent. And, yeah. But it yeah. was great. That's it's, a awesome. great it's, it's fun. Yeah, that's really great. So my band did like just some outdoor. They were kind of I would call them private gigs for the most part. Yeah. Like they were at kind of private communities or we did one in like in one of the guys in my band's neighborhood. We did that. It was like on like a block party type of thing. So they were all outside and we had a, we what, had a good time. Yeah. What was that like, time. Matt? I mean, it's. Yeah, that feeling like when you first come back out and oh, you get together with a band. I know. Oh, it was great. It was great. So what we did, I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast. We actually, over the summer, we pretty much went into lockdown like everybody else that didn't even get together and play. Then over the summer of 20, when things were starting to calm down, um, what well, we thought they were, right? We we were right. playing out. We, we were playing every weekend and over the summer outside and in our guitar player's driveway. We set up like all wow. PA. We set up the PA. We set, we, we did everything we rehearsed so that we kind of got our, we, we kept our songs and we kept everything fresh. And we actually, even in summer of 20, we did um, one outdoor thing um, and it worked out pretty well. And then we've kind of went back into, 
into shutdown mode until everybody was comfortable again and the vaccines came out and then we started rehearsing like regularly indoors again but um and that was really the first time that i ever got to see you guys play was that's right was, Dave in, came, was in your drummer's driveway yeah you and came I, to see the driveway yeah because right. you guys had two you guys had two gigs and then or, or maybe two or three right and then COVID hit and yeah boom, my band just got st- was just getting rolling before COVID. oh hit. wow yeah we had all kinds of gigs for that for that winter and for that summer and they they were just gone. And thankfully enough, we, we had a strong enough bond and we've stayed together and we're going to continue to stay together. It looks like. So, um, yeah. So anyway, but yeah, it it feels really good to get back out there and do the thing. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's just so it's such a great thing. And I'll tell you the truth, like the gigs weren't the same because we, we had played, some we played like a really cool like club gig you know like a bar gig that was just packed to the gills and it was just sweaty and it was so much fun and then you know for the next gig to be like these outdoor gigs and these massive outdoor kind of fields like you didn't have the same vibe it was a little weird but you know it was it was playing music so it was cool you know so and the people um, are so appreciative no matter what like i said oh yeah yeah yeah, playing bluegrass in the backyard at, at a guy's house we're doing a jam and the people some neighbors were just coming by and hanging out and we're like really and it's just because people hadn't heard live music in a oh, long yeah. time and they really forgot how meaningful it can be they really yeah. did. no yeah. it totally does i mean yeah. music music has so much meaning for so many people and i think you know it didn't, didn't really take the pandemic for people to realize that but i think it really took the pandemic for people to i think appreciate how much that music really meant to them right you know i, I think we all understand how much music means to us but i think not having that to like Matt and I have talked about this a ton on the podcast. We are so endeared to live shows. We absolutely love seeing bands play live and to not have that was, we were really missing it in the first show we got to see. Oh, it was terrible. Or the, I mean, it was, yeah, it was terrible to miss that. And, and I just remember the first gig, I, I, the first show back, was uh when I got to see Blackberry smoke without Matt, unfortunately, but yeah, wait, 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 um, was it was I? just so was amazing. Something. You were yeah. doing something, but it was just so amazing to see live music again. It was like it, it, it was like it was it, it was like it never left. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like a magic show sometimes when you're sitting there watching it. You're like, whoa, like I haven't seen this for a year and I'm watching yeah. these guys. I went and saw um, Christian McBride and his band. I forget the name of it. He's a he's a well-known jazz bassist. He's probably like a 40, 45 but he's like world renowned and he was playing at this new club up in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And I just stumbled across it on the internet. Oh, oh, Jimmy, Jimmy's. What's yes. it called? Yeah. I, I'm dying to see a show that I wanted to get Dave. I, I really, yeah. Dave and I were trying to go see Papa Chubby there. Who's a, who's a blues player. And yeah. uh, we, we couldn't oh, make amazing. it. We, we, we also, Walter Trout came through there. We wanted to see Walter Trout. He's another awesome blues player. Would, yeah, we got to, is it a good place? John? Yeah. You got to go. We should yeah. go. We should, yeah, all, we should all pick a show. Yeah, I went and saw them and just it'd been so long since, you know, pick your genre. You guys, you were going to see a blue show. I hadn't yeah. seen live like real jazz, not not cocktail jazz. You know, I'm not denigrating that, but not like that <laughs> yeah. background. I jazz. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. But yeah, guys, yeah. really. And I just sat there with this grin on my face all night at a table with people I didn't know, because that's basically how they'll sit you if you go by yourself. And that's cool. Everybody was just into the show. And I just remember like. That's awesome. Wow. I spent, it's been too long and you know, six a year or whatever we went without, it was just seemed oh, an eternity. It was pretty yeah. excruciating. 
Um, so that's cool. So John, so you said you were in you, so you have pretty eclectic music taste. It sounds like, so you do bluegrass, you're into jazz, you're playing in, sounds like kind of a straight ahead rock cover band now. Yeah. So like, what's, what's up with that? Like, what's your influences? Like, what do you, what you just all over the place, but that, which is cool, which is great. I I'm yeah. probably like a lot of people, maybe like yourself. Uh, yeah. I'll play wherever I can get somewhat of a gig. You know, I do. <laughs> I, I didn't play for a number of years uh, for multiple reasons. I just, I had a different, you know, things going on and I kind of put it aside and then I picked it back up about 10 years ago and really like people wanted an upright player for different things. And I have an upright and I played it in school and stuff. And I was like, all right. And I never played bluegrass, but honestly, I could, you know, you can get up and running as a bluegrass bass player in a weekend almost. Really? You know, it's, wow. It's, I mean, it's roots and fifths and you learn the songs. Okay. okay. I mean, let's assume that you can groove and you have t- good time. I mean, that's assuming a lot, but what I'm saying is it's not complex per se, complex okay. playing per se. Yeah. Okay. It's, 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 you, there's no drummer. So you're holding down the rhythm and you just got to pump it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and why did you. It. And why yeah. did you go to the upright? Is the upright, is that just like, look, if you're going to play bluegrass, like that's what you play. You play an upright. Is that what it is? Or <laughs> uh, why do, why did I, why do I play upright? Yeah. Like, why did you go to the upright? Cause it, it, to me, like it makes sense to me. Like you play bluegrass, you play an upright, but yeah. I mean, is that just how it is in the bluegrass world? I don't even know. Right now it is, you know, <laughs> yeah. as I got into, I've been playing for probably two or three years that the genre in a, and I, I met a lot of fascinating people and some people that play kind of nationally just stumbled across them like oh, really cool. good flat picking guitar players. They're playing oh, these Martins and, and they're just hanging out in Cambridge and we were doing jams. And I, yeah, right now, what I learned is right now, upright bass is what you play, but you go back 25, 30 years, everybody was playing electric bass. Like you look mm. at some of these really oh, interesting. bluegrass recordings on albums, they're all playing electric. So I think it just goes in phases, but oh. interesting. Yeah. It's like yeah. a lot of things, um, you know, bass players and guitar players have a lot of different mindsets, but one of the good things about being a bass player is if you're, f- let's say fairly competent on it and you're carrying around a bass, somebody's going to haul you into it a jam or something because everybody needs a decent bass player oh totally there's not what kind of thousand when you're with, bass players out there you know? that's right yeah. it's hard to find good bass players it's really true yeah so what yeah. with rage what kind of what kind of gear are you using yeah oh he wants to get into the gear oh we got to get into the gear <laughs> yeah pull me out into the deep water there <laughs> oh we gotta talk water. gear um so uh i've got a i've got a uh a fender precision i'm looking back at it now but yeah cool it, I can show it to you or not, but whatever works, but it's a, it's just a, it's a Fender Precision. It's a 78 that I bought. Okay. Now we're, now the cat's out of the bag. Back when I started uh, college, 79, 79 when I went. All right. right. And and, uh, yeah, so that. um, I'm already doing the math right now. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of math. You'll be there. Take your shoes off and use your toes. (laughs) That is a lot of math. That's a lot of math. But uh, I've had it for a long time. I bought it new in in 79. That's awesome. And it's a, yeah. And it's a, uh, so at the time, Fender Precision was like a solid base to get. But then totally, you're talking about gear. Now I'll give you a little gear thing of back in the day. Let's say back in the 80s. 
because back then it was Jaco Pastorius and that really mid rangey sound. Yeah. And he had, he had a fretless and he was playing a, a jazz with the pickup down on the bridge and, the, and one up near the neck. So us guys, us people that had the, the precisions, we had to mount, we, we all put a jazz pickup down on the bridge and we substituted the stock bridge for a badass bridge. And that's what you had to do get to get in the club to have that mid-rangey twangs. Like yeah. you guys know what it is. With yeah. this a really prolific guitar player and he's got some sound, you got oh, to go totally. buy that we, gear yeah, we, and get that get thing. It. No, we get like like for 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 us, it's Les Pauls, right? It's that yes. tone of a Les Paul. Yeah. Right. But for some, for some, you know, for us, it's Les Pauls and strats because we like blues and we love that bluesy Hendrixy sure. and SRV strat sound. But no, you got it. Like that's what you got to do to get the sound that you want. That's really cool. Yeah, it's, they yeah. call them PJs now, I guess, like a precision jazz, a PJ, it's a Fender. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Well, that's funny because like what 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 I understand is like this '70s stuff now is like is 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 like it's it's very sought after. People, yeah, it's vintage stuff now. It used to like even like in the '90s and maybe even the early 2000s, people were like '70s stuff, like. Yeah, seventy strats and P bases, you know, whatever. No one cares about it's junk. And now it's like, you know, you sell that stuff on Reverb or eBay. It's 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 going for a good amount of money now. It's vintage stuff. And I heard you on an earlier podcast. You guys talking about gear and certain guitars and yeah. You if you get that nicked up and used look, it can it can it adds to it. Oh yeah, the relics. Yeah, mine yeah. has that. I have that. Yeah, I've got all the cymbal gashes, you know, from standing next to the drummer, just like yeah. hanging, the, chipping That's pieces cool. off of it, like the varnish and stuff. You and have the, your own relics. You did it yourself. It's yes. like it's you actual know, relic. Yeah, yeah. Do, do guitars players get this? I think you do. The same thing. The belt buckle rash on the, the buckle back rash. Yeah. yeah, the buckle rash. Yeah. That, that's a thing. Well, that's and you're and like now I think they do this with bases at the Fender Custom Shop, too. But like Custom Shop stuff is is relic and it's aged and they'll even put like buckle rash on it. And it's wow. like you're buying this like for a premium. You're buying this yeah. for a premium. You're getting something that you could just buy brand new. Be, if, you, and, if you look at relic at your. Yeah. yeah. If you go yeah. look at. Fender custom shop stuff. It's all like beat up relic stuff. And you have like the actual real deal that yeah. you beat up over, you know, 40 years. So it's yeah, kind, I, of, I, kind of amazing. I re- yeah. It's a cool bass and it's sound. you know, it's just a, it's a classic, like you guys like the classic sound of the, like the Les Pauls and the, yeah, yeah, and the strats. Like it's stuff. one of those classic bass sounds you can do a lot with. You can play down by the bridge and get that twangy sound. You, you can get more of a thumpy sound with the tone volume. Oh but, yeah, uh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I've got, as far as an amp, I've got a, uh, I got smart probably about eight years ago and, and got rid of my old gear that weighed 3000 pounds, you know, the big oh, yeah. 15 <laughs> yeah. inch speakers and the PV, the PV Mark four head that was the size of like a Buick engine. Wow. And was that, was that a I, tube? That was a tube driven amp? No, I it assume. wasn't. Oh, it, was it wasn't a, even tube. It was, it was just a huge. big honking yeah. PV Mark four, uh, base head. So now I've got a, um, a mark base head mark uh, base love it it's a yeah. little mark three the thing if thing fits in like a regular size backpack and i can put all my cords in it it's just lightweight that's awesome and it's yeah. twice the watts i think it's like a 500 watt mark oh uh, yeah mark base head and then yeah. i got a mark base 15 inch cab and a gensler 10 inch cab okay i got a great. gensler amp, i got a gensler amp for my upright uh, oh okay very cool 
Yeah, so yeah. that's 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 what you need. That gives you the thump that you need on stage. So I assume this band is like just well, full out amplifiers on stage. There's no like like my band's pretty much all like go in go into the monitors and we use in ears. We're very high tech. I'm guessing this band is just straight ahead. So, you know, amps blaring and it's um, a little old yeah. school. We try to maintain yeah. like a decent stage volume. Yeah. But by the second set, it's cranking pretty good. And then we're also in the house everywhere, which is great. And my main thing is just trying to try. I just want to be able to hear everybody on stage or kind of mostly hear everybody. And then if we're cranking up loud, it's just what it is, as long as we're all kind of somewhat balanced, which is hard to do on stage. It's very hard to do. Yeah, that's that's why I like I honestly love like that we're on the uh, in-ears as a singer. It's just amazing to me because I always felt like my whole life, I feel like I'm shouting over guitars and even my own guitar. It's like, I feel like, you know, I'm shouting over my own guitar. So it's kind of crazy. So, so that, in that sense, it's really good, but I miss the volume to, to be, to be honest, like to get up there with the amps blaring at your back, like there's something to be said for that. That's well, that happens here and (laughs) with these guys in it. I don't mind it. It's kind of like maybe it's like an old school approach where the stage volume's louder than it needs to be. Yeah. But yeah. When it, I I had a gear breakthrough when I had my I was used to just playing with a 15 inch speaker with the Mark IV bass head. Yeah. And it thumps pretty good. I mean, it it's I don't know yeah, 350 sure. watts with just that one setup. But I, it wasn't cutting through these guys when they were cranking their guitars. I was getting kind of mushed on the bottom and it was thumping. Uh. And then I. I, I started doing, I tried to become more gear, uh, more of a gear person. And mm. I was researching. I said, I think I can hook up that Gensler like 10 inch that I use for my upright and just put it on top of the 15 inch. And it might punch me through a little bit. Totally. But I was, I was so nervous to do that. I thought I was going to blow that speaker. It's expensive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I emailed the company from their website and, and like the, the dude himself, like, I can't remember his first name, but like Joe Gensler replied back and he goes, Hey man, like the same day. He's like, yeah, you can throw that speaker on there. It'll totally take it. So oh, cool. cool. It's made a so huge difference. It just punches right through everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Like I've always played with bass players with a similar s- setup where they have like a 10 inch or even a 12 inch and then the, the 15 as well. So yeah. they get that, they get that punch through a little bit more. So yeah, it makes cool. sense to compete with the loud amps. You know, it's what do these guys, do you have a sense of what kind of, you, you don't need to yeah. tell me what kind of amps they are, but are they using big four by 12 cabinets or what, what, what are the guitars? Not huge, guys? but okay. And that's the thing. I'm also, you know, I'm still, I'm like an old dog learning new tricks with this, but I've got a, now I've got a 500 watt setup now with this 15 inch and a 10 inch <laughs> yeah. speaker with a Mark. But bass needs a lot of electricity and energy to push that low end. And then these guys, the guitar players have like 100, 115 watt. Um, one guy's got a PV he practices with. Yeah, the other guy's yeah. got something else. So like one guy's got a crate amp. The things are like a bread box. Yeah, and they're that's all just you need. screaming. That's all you need. Yeah, and, you don't need that much. Yeah, You don't need much to push a guitar. No, lately. it's so mid-rangey, right? That it just... Yeah, you can just crank it. It it punches through. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's amazing. Like this little, this little. I have a Marshall behind me that's twenty watts. It's tube twenty watts, so it's different. Um, and it just like I in this room, and I can get it pretty loud in this room, and I never really have it past three or four. And it's only twenty watts. The the wow. forty watt amp I have here, the tube amp, 
yeah. the, the, the bigger one behind me that that only goes to like two in this room before you start to have hearing problems yeah that uh, thing but, that thing gets uh, really loud dave, dave has the same m and, the and same when m. i and when i play with yeah. the band maybe i get it up to three or four and then it's screaming <laughs> yeah wow. it's super loud and then it's just like you're like holy shit this thing is gonna rip yeah. my head off that that's why that's another reason why i like the in-ears because it protects your uh hearing after because I, I would i would go to sleep every night after re- re- rehearsal with just ringing ears and it's like something's got to give here like this can't be this loud yeah, it's, it can't be that loud it's just crazy <laughs> yeah so john yeah so so john it kind of tra- a little bit of a segue here to yep. get into a little bit of our main topic for the yep. night um have you ever have you ever shopped on facebook marketplace (laughs) which is what we call for gear which is what we call the bottomless pit of gear gear selling misery the gear (laughs) wasteland (laughs) i how about this have you ever sold anything on facebook marketplace or i mean you can put craigslist in this list as well yeah we can throw craigslist so but it's mainly facebook yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's mainly facebook so I sold my old base gear on Craigslist because Facebook Marketplace hadn't really become popular then. So maybe yeah, okay. that was like eight years ago. I don't know. If yeah, Facebook. Yeah. It, it, so I, I went on Craigslist and um, I had those big honking 15 inch JBL uh, speakers. I had two of them and the big PV. Yeah. And some like guy in his 20s showed up in like a Honda Civic. And he's like, this is great. I'm going to put them in my basement. I'm not taking them anywhere. I'm like, that's good because you need like two people to carry one speaker. The thing is, the things are honking. And so <laughs> Craigslist worked for me to get rid of my old base gear. But okay. then flash forward to four months ago, I sold, we had a hot tub. I sold that on Facebook Marketplace in like four <laughs> days. Oh, you did. So you had a good experience. Yeah, very good experience. I did. Some people, some people on marketplace are just like they're they're the most unrealistic people on the planet. You know, when it comes to like <laughs> yeah. guitar gear, you want to buy like, you know, like uh, oh, you know, hey, I, I got the sample. Oh yeah, how much you want for like five hundred bucks? What the big brand new? It's two fifty. What do you want? <laughs> you know, it's and you see tons oh, yeah, of people yeah, like yeah, this, yeah. or they think that they're they think that they're like cheap gear is worth more now because you know there's value when they use in the, with yeah. inflation and everything yeah. but it's like you just have like a real crap guitar and you're trying to sell that for 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 a profit like you can't you can't just like right. sell you you know your squire bullet you know for 300 bucks because you've had it for like 10 years you know <laughs> or you put right. new pickups in it yeah oh, i put new pickups in it. Yeah, that's I mean, the worst that's the yeah. worst i put so they don't know what they're they're trying they put they did some work and they think they yeah so what i what i saw what i liked about the marketplace was the chat that that just blew Craigslist away. Oh, because it you, does help a lot. You, you that helps a lot. It people, helps a ton. But then I also had the people that jumped in right off and would, would give me the severe undersell on it. Like, yes. I'll give you a fraction of the price. And I'm like, nah. And they're like, yeah, but just remember, I'm here if you need me. That's so right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they're the most they're important. Like, every other the day, they'd yeah. be like, hey, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm like, right. yeah, I it's don't like, want to talk to you. You're yeah. like, I'm not taking your offer. Yeah. So that happens. The other thing that happens is you get like, especially for music gear, you get like a million offers for trades for the worst shit you never wanted. Oh or it's you so never even true. Knew, you never knew some of this stuff existed. And you're like, no, I'm not going to trade my, you know, thousand dollar ramp for that piece of crap. Like, what are you talking about? It's like, like it's no. like the, it's like the old baseball yeah. card trades. Like you really, you, yeah. you, you think my, you think your gear is worth more than what I have. And you want yeah, yeah, this yeah. like, no, yeah. that's not the way it works here, and, buddy. 
It's like, so, I'll trade you, I'll trade you this plus cash. Yeah. Cash on your side, man. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, yeah. so are these people, happen. are they mostly just not that in, informed about the gear or are they just trying to get the best, like yeah. throw it out there and see what happens? I yeah, think it's both. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit of both, but it is mainly like people just everybody wants to score a deal. And John, right. I don't know, have you have you spent any time on reverb? Because reverb is kind of do you know what reverb is? Have you been on yeah. that at all? Yeah, people, I've seen people. Yeah. I know people that have posted songs and stuff on there, like Reverb Nation. You mean? No, no, reverb. The, no, reverb. Um, it's kind of like its own marketplace for used oh, gear. No? Yeah, it, it's actually a very useful website, but 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 people have inflated the prices so much. This is even before the inflation got out of control because they know that everybody's just going to knock them down. So like you see, like you'd see like a seventies P base up there for like, I don't know, like, I don't know what they go for. Let, 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 let's say the market price. Yeah. Let's say the market price is like two grand. You'd see them up there for five grand all day long. Oh, man. And it's just like, what are we like, what are we yeah. doing here guys? Like they're, you know, and, and so that, so like, that's where we're at with like this used gear market right now. And it's a little bit frustrating. Inflation is a real thing. Like it, it's, it's impacting across the board. Inflation is real. And like, I, I, I bet like for all the, a lot of the guitars I have, I could sell for more than I paid for them because I bought them like five years ago. Right. And just the inflation is there and the new prices, it's either the prices new or higher now, or the lack this lack of a supply. You know, there's like, that, but like, you also have yeah. some very nice guitars too. I mean, well, I do. Yeah, I have. There's, some there's nice a ones ton of people on yeah. Facebook Marketplace that are trying to sell like cheap gear for more than what they paid, and it's oh, just yeah. you it's, know it's, because it's, that's it's what comical. they think the market is. It's it's yeah. totally comical. But yeah. Dave, um, it's like it's like the ultimate to me. What it sounds like, and I'll have to check it out now. And and I'm gonna yeah, check it out. Blame you guys if I get pulled into that. You know, <laughs> yeah, you can blame like, the guitar dance. Two o'clock in the morning, I'm I'm on Facebook Marketplace. Mm-hmm. But it sounds no, like it's a real are, problem. They're taking that 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 old adage to an extreme where my guitar is worth what somebody will pay for it. Like That's they're right. taking yeah, that yeah, to yeah. an extreme. Yeah, it's like and there no really is a market. For, there really is market value for these things, but people just inflate. That it's not even just inflation. It's what they, it's it's their own like mental inflation of what they think some of their stuff is worth. You yeah, know, yeah, and yeah. and you can uh, you can really tell some of these people like and I think Matt was searching for a PRS uh, and we'll talk I about was. this on a future yeah. pod. Yeah, um, because I think I finally pushed him on this to push. Paul Reed push Smith. The P- yeah. I pushed the PRS uh, yeah. uh, thing on him. But anyway, so but there's some people on there where they the pricing, the prices that they want, you can tell they kind of don't really want to sell their gear, but they want to see if they can get it right. Yeah. And one and guy, one really guy negotiate said. One, one on this reverb set I was telling you about, John. One, one guy said, "Here's the price. I'm taking this listing down on December 31st." Right. <laughs> so you obviously don't want to sell your guitar like, now, do it's you, buddy? Like, come on, man. And it's sold, right. but I don't think it's sold. I think he just pulled it down. Yeah, so anyway, after he denied my very reasonable offers, by the way, very reasonable offers, and we're talking a guitar in the range of three thousand dollars, right? So like, no come on, come on, man. Like, no you know, kidding. You, do you want to sell this guitar or not? So but yeah, it was is there anybody? Fun. Is there any reasonable like deals that you've been there, able to make on the marketplace? Yeah, yeah. There's definitely oh, deals there, to. Yeah, there's, there's tons, tons of, of deals to be had out yeah. there. You know, like you can definitely talk people down. There are a bunch of people that will reasonably list gear that, like, if you go on like what I just mentioned, Reverb or like Guitar Center, especially like pop. It, it, this is the thing: if it's popular gear, you know, then you can get a pretty good deal on it. If it's okay. stuff that you can't find every day, you're going to probably pay way too much and you're yeah. better off like buying it at Guitar Center 
or finding it, you know, some, some, somewhere else, but like stuff like really popular gear. Like I bet you can find a Fender P base deal for a pretty good deal. Not an old one, but like a new one, yeah. you know, a slightly used one. That's like yeah. 10 years old. You could probably get a pretty good deal on it. Um, like if a, you like look, a, if you look hard, you know, if you look hard, you like I, I think I need a, I need to get a second electric bass to have, you know, if I'm going to continue playing, which I think I am with, with these, with these guys with rage, um, they, they've got a, they've got an old, uh, Fender jazz bass that they bring for me, which makes me not like, Oh yeah. I got yeah. this weird feeling like, Oh, <laughs> we got his backup and I'm like, okay, I went to school without my lunch kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You're like, Oh, maybe I'm not <laughs> yeah. as prepared as I need to be. <laughs> yes, well, that, exactly. you know, you know, I wanted to talk to you about that because you had mentioned before we we got on the air here about 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 gear, about pedals. Because as as guitar players, we're obsessed with pedals, and I do know some bass players that are into pedals. But I think it is the norm where bass players don't use pedals, right? Is that yeah. generally the norm, in your experience? Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, um, that's been my experience. But yeah, you know, I come from a probably an older school than than the modern bass player. Yeah. And, and, and I was reading about pedals and I'm learning, I'm trying to learn about gear. And then I've been listening to your podcast and you guys are way into it. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> it's interesting. So what I'm finding is, um, you know, you can overdo pedals with a bass pretty darn quick, I think. Yeah. You know, yeah. where it's just everything sounds kind of synthy and it doesn't yeah. sound real and warm. And it doesn't yeah. have that thump. You, you, you lose a lot of like what the bass function is if you're doing all these strange sound effects. Yeah, right? it's supposed right. to be like with the yeah, kick no, drum, I agree with that. And it's supposed to be thumping most of the time, and then you might get some fills. Sure, maybe maybe that's when you kick your pedal on for for a little. You get a little four yeah. bar break yeah. or something. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I am looking at a fuzz. Yeah. I need to get some fuzz. And I need to get a little wah. And that's as far as I'm going to take it. And oh, then, cool! All right, that sounds yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was—I've been in touch with your your—I uh, know you guys are fans of the pedal shoppy. Oh, the pedal shop! Oh, the guitar pedal shop! The guitar yeah. pedal shoppy. Yeah. Go, Shout go out check to them. Yeah, they Shout gave me some Rick. good recommendations, but then then I fell into the online abyss where I I came across a a, a Dunlop bass pedal from uh, that Justin Chancellor designed, and he. Uh, it's a bass and it's a fuzz and wah in one pedal. Oh, cool. And I've been watching demos oh. of it and I was like, okay, that's insane. This pedal for, yeah. for the price of two pedals, you get one pedal and it's all in one. And it's a that's big great. Yeah. So I'm going to get so obsessed as you know, now you can get so obsessed with like even, even gear that you don't need. You just want, because you start watching these demo videos <laughs> and you're like, wow, that, that thing is just so cool. I well, want to have that. True. I'll never use it, but I want to have that. You know, well, John, John, I can tell you, like as a guitar player, it's at the point now where like I maybe use with, and I, I don't play lead. Well, I play some lead in my <clears> band, but I'm not the lead guitar player. We have a lead guitar player. So, so like in my band, like I probably use, 20% of all like the pedals and stuff that I have. <laughs> like, all right. Full disclosure. Like, How many pedals are on your board? Oh uh, yeah. I, well, I, my board is smaller. So uh, yeah, I would say my small board, my main gigging board is probably eight pedals on it. Yeah. 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 But Dave's like at home board has yeah. like 20 pedals on. <laughs> well, yeah, that will not, that'll well, not, maybe not 20, but that will never it's, leave the, never leave the confines of my basement. It's called the ungiggable rig. <laughs> you're, you're like the Dr. Evil of pedal boards. Oh, he is. Like a, a mad scientist. I started, yeah. I had, I put so much, this was, we, 
this came up on a, on a recent pod. I had put so many drive pedals on that board and, and so many other things that I ended up having to get a second buffer, one at the beginning of the <laughs> signal and one at the end, just to kind of push everything because I was losing so much, so much of the signal. That was my favorite thing with buffers. <laughs> It's like, Gee, Dave, how about you don't have that many pedals on your board? Or I can just take the pedals off. The board. That's not out. fun. That's not fun. That's too much work. See, I don't okay. have the I don't have the um, the background on pedals and probably the attention span to get beyond two or three, because immediately I'm thinking, OK, the fourth pedal is kind of cutting in half what the first pedal does. And they're starting to they're starting to uh, overstep each other. In, yeah, starting yeah, to undermine the effectiveness of each other in that, some that way. Can't, that, that can't happen. You got to be real careful about how you stack your pedals and what yeah. they do. I mean, for, for the most part, pedals are built to deal with that and yeah. they're built to work with other pedals. So it's okay. But yeah, you do have to be careful. Oh, you got to be careful with stuff with like stuff, stuff like fuzz pedals. Like you got to be real careful with how they work with other pedals and other things. So the, yeah, the other so. thing I'm finding out is, and you guys, I'm sure know this is like you need bass pedals for the bass most of the time there are certain things like with a chorus you might be able to use a guitar chorus on a bass and you, you get away with it yeah because with the type of effect you kind of thins out the bottom end and that's kind of expected and it's okay for what that part of the song <clears throat> but um they, they it seems like from a lot of what i'm reading people really recommend get a bass pedal because it, you'll keep your full spectrum of harmonics in your your, your yeah main. that yeah, you, I think John, I you think may want right. to try. You may want to. You may want to look at the MXR submachine because uh, I bought one of those and I just couldn't. I couldn't dial it in. It was so. It was so like top end. It was so like chimey and so like ear piercing. And no matter what I did with it, and I finally decided to sell it to sell it back in or just to, just to you know bring it to the Guitar Center and see what they would give me for it. And the 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 the, the guy on the floor was like well i play bass can i plug my bass into this thing and see what really? it sounds like and the thing sounded killer and he said i'm gonna you know i'm gonna buy this yeah. from you you know wow. for what what do you what do you want for it and he just bought it right directly from me but it was funny because that is not meant as a guitar as a, as a pure bass pedal but the thing sounded incredible on bass not so great on guitar i think what you're doing is like is the is is a good approach and that's what i'm going to try is you, you try you bring a pedal in you mess with it you fiddle with it. You try to research it. You read the PDF yeah. or whatever you got to do. Yeah. And if it yeah. doesn't work, chuck it. Get rid yeah, of get it rid and of move it. on to the next. Yeah. Right. And John, you could get into a real rabbit hole of which pedals work well, which guitar pedals work well with bass. There's like a whole subgenre of yeah. people oh, that yeah. are obsessed with that. <laughs> I'm, you know, but, but it more, sounds like you get you got this like you're gonna do this kind of minimalist approach, which is probably yeah. where you want to be with the bass pedals. I'm so. more. I'm more of a guy that will like if I if I'm dialing the sound, if dialing in a sound that I want, I want to get there pretty quick because because I don't want this to distract me from the playing and the other things I want to do. OK, I know it's yeah. super important, like you got the, the different aspects of trying to uh, uh, be a, a good musician. You got you got your sound and your tone that which we're talking about with your different yeah. pedals and your different amps and your gear. You got your actual chops and your playing and your technique and your ability. And then maybe depending on what band you're in, you've got your presence and your look and your presentation. Yeah. yeah. You, you need all three. Like you can't, everybody knows players and we're all probably, 
you know, you're strong in two and a little weak in one or vice yeah. versa. Or some yeah. people are like killer in one, yeah. but, you know, they're showing up with like cargo shorts and like a tie-dye t-shirt. <laughs> I knew this was good. I, I somehow knew this was going to go to cargo shorts, but okay. You're right. You're right. But you know what? Right. Certain players can rock the cargo shorts or if it's a certain band, if it's that type of band, yeah, you're works. good enough and you're, you're pro and you're on tour. It, it works. Works it, for them. Yeah. It doesn't Should that be work. the new Guitar Dads logo? Should we get rid of the new logo? So, for those of so you listening I now, tell, check so, out our new logo. But it would should we change it now to a pair of cargo shorts? So there's a there's a there's a there's a massive group on Facebook called Cover Band Central, and okay. cargo shorts are a massive hot topic issue with them. <laughs> it's the biggest controversial thing ever. And it's hilarious. Yeah. And, it, you know, yeah, it's really funny, John, like you should check it out because like everybody always makes jokes about cargo shorts and and it's re it's really ca cargo shorts and, and, and iPads and, you know, like like a music stand on stage. Like it's the most controversial thing you've ever had in your life. And people like will post <laughs> stuff of like Angus Young with shorts on and they're like, Angus can wear shorts. And it's like. He's Angus. <laughs> He's Angus Young. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. It's like you, know, you, you become, you sell as many records as Angus Young, and then you can wear shorts on stage. This too. is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, if yeah, back yeah, in yeah. the day, Jaco Pastorius is playing bass, he wears whatever the bleep he matter. wants to wear. That's right. He's a yeah. monster, yeah. and everybody just can't, you know, that's just a horrible, yeah. It, yeah you I know, know there's it different is. things. Yeah. It's all about your, and I heard you guys talk about this at one point earlier too. And I totally agree. It's, it's time and place. And if you're outside and the sun's out and it's I you know, 95 degrees, yeah. you put shorts on and nobody yeah. cares and stuff. Yeah. But if you're in a club and you're, you know, you got a decent group of people there is a good audience. And my, 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 my feeling <laughs> is yeah, I boil it down to three words, make an effort. Like exactly. I like it. make an effort with what you have on, you know? So John, like to close us out, yeah. you know, what we like to do with our guests is kind of put them on the spot a little bit and do what we call the lightning round. So oh, I'm making, I'm making this I'm up surprised off, by this. I'm making this up off the top of my head, but we'll throw some questions at you. And you just answer them. It's going to be, so here, so here, so here we go. Here's the lightning round. So as a bass player, you know, what are your favorite, what's your favorite album? Um, that like as a bass player, you know, or you could just tell us your favorite, your favorite album in general of all time. But, you know, like if you had to pick out like, you know, if, if I really love the bass, this is an album that you should you should listen to. Is it is it Jocko? Just, just tell us. Yeah. All right. I'm going to I'm going to give you like I'm going to wiggle and squirm on the answer a little bit, but I'll give you I'll <laughs> okay. give you like because I like different genres. I love funk. Okay. I like the old school funk. So I like any mm. of that early early work earth wind and fire or cool in the gang like the early stuff before they oh cool they you know where the you had like and all that old motown stuff so one album i couldn't necessarily pick from the funk genre james brown yeah like those bass players that could just lock in and groove it all day so like i said i'm squirming on the answer but if i had it's okay like in our in our genre what what you guys are kind of uh the shows you're going to and and the bands we're playing in now yeah. I, I picked a, this is going to sound bad, but I, cause I didn't grow <laughs> up listening to this kind of music so much. I was more into that Motown and that real funk. Oh, that's awesome. You know, for the love of money, the OJs, like once you hear oh, that yeah. song. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you don't want to be a bass player, you might not have a pulse. Like to oh, me, totally. like, once you yeah. hear that bass intro with the, with the wah or whatever they're using, that's, yeah. that's what I'd have to put that heavy, but uh, right up next there is like the, uh, the Zeppelin album with Ramble on. 
Yes. With, okay. With, oh. Jean, with Jean Paul Jones. Yes. I had to learn that song for an Now I'm going off track, but I had to learn that song for an audition. No, that's cool. Way back in the day. And I hadn't played it. And I had, I remember I went and I actually bought the album and I'm looking at it. It was like a used copy. And I'm like, okay, whatever. It's Led Zeppelin. I'm like, how hard is this stuff? And I'm like, okay, pretty hard. Like, it's, <laughs> It's intricate. He's he's very melodic in the beginning, and then he rocks it. I mean, so I, I had an eye-opening experience. So I'd say the Zeppelin record with Rambo awesome. and then that old funk. Well, because I was going to add, because that guy was, I was going to do like variations of this. I was going to ask you because because songs do tend to have like a bass intro sometimes. Yeah. Like, because usually like with like guitars play, we, we talk about like, what's the best guitar solo ever? But for bass, I feel like the intro is a thing. And I think yeah. you mentioned it, like maybe that 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 uh, OJ's tune. Is that what you? Would yeah, for the love think? of money. And then there's a, the there's also money, a yep. song from that era, like uh, Freddie's Dead. I think it was like it's got a really iconic bass line that just is a repetitive. Cool. Um, uh, what is it like? The Temptations. I don't know. Oh, if is that what it is? One. Okay. Yeah, yep. yeah. I know. I know the Temptations. Yeah, but so okay, but for cool. yeah. but I'd have to I'd ha- I'll have to that's a good question I'll have to give you a more modern like what a bass no no you, oh, you can, I'll give you one it can be any time I'll give you one it's <laughs> yeah. a little it's a little unusual but um again as I'm learning the songs for for this band it's kind of eye opening what a good bass player um that the Aerosmith bass player Tom oh, yeah. I was just going to say I just checked, I yeah. just checked with the judges and I'm sorry John the answer was Sweet emotion. Sweet emotion. Oh, I was going to bring, that's what I'm bringing up. <laughs> Is that what I, you're going to go with? Yeah. That's I had a to great that, bass intro. I had to pick that up. They, well, here's what, here's what one of the guys in the band said. Well, we're thinking about sweet emotion, but I don't know if John can probably cut that part or not. And Whoa. I'm like, okay. Whoa. Oh, he hey, just, now. That's a throwdown. He did throw down, but you know, they're, they're kidding around and stuff. But yeah, yeah, I yeah. took it, I took it kind of personally and I went and was like, wow, this is, Oh, and I admit you. to watching a couple of YouTube videos of some guy in his room, like really breaking it down just to help me make sure I was getting the pattern right. But that's a good uh, one. Oh, cool. Sweet. Awesome. Emotion. All right. I think, I think you've made it through the lightning round. Dave, do you have well, any other it. more light- question? They, it, well, it was basically two questions. Usually it's three, but I can't think of a third base related question. Dave, can you? I can't. No, I'm not. I'm not the experience. It would be like here. solo album. Well, you did. It would usually be song, too. But you kind of gave us you gave us kind of your you album. Gave us and your song. Song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I think you've covered the lightning round. Ram, so yeah. The Ramble on and uh, some of those like the you know, for oh, the love of money. And those that's old, some great. That's some great stuff. And sweet emotion. Yeah. It, that's great. But honestly, yeah. all that Aerosmith stuff has that. They're, they're one. And I like some of these bands. You're like the uh, we've gone through the whole podcast and we haven't said this band so i'm gonna bring it up it? like it. i started listening to dirty honey because you guys brought it up <laughs> oh we can't, can't we can't have a podcast unless we bring up dirty honey. Yeah. what i like about what the they official do band of the guitar we, dance we try not to we not try we try we try not to push that on guests but i'm really glad you brought up dirty honey you guys you guys got me listening to it and yeah and i'm gonna go see the show uh in january up in oh Portland. you are Where? Yeah, oh, you nice. guys, you, you're gonna see them a week before we are which very yeah. jealous of this oh yeah you, oh, kinda, not, oh okay all right all but right. what i like about them and i know you guys love the crows and, oh. and aerosmith love is the yeah they've got that rock hard edge in the in this and the crunchy guitars but the bass and the drums have a really interesting beat it's not just straight it's i don't not. mind the straight pumping of the 16th notes but you know, it's an interesting, funky, almost bass lines that those bands come up with that 
I love as a bass player. Oh, yeah. That's that, great. That, and you're right. Like, that's what kind of sets them apart a little bit is they got this little bit of, I don't know if it's, uh, if it's funk or whatever you call it, but it is. It's yeah. got that groove that really gets you. It's it got a good backbeat to it. It's yeah. almost bluesy sometimes, like the crows do that. It's got a Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Well, John, we got dirty a, honey. We, They're doing it yeah. right. They've been great. We, well, we got about uh, two minutes left here, so I want to I want to throw it to you. Can you tell us um, tell the tell the listeners where can they find where can they find Rage on socials? Where can they where can they check you guys out? Where can they see you? Great. Uh, thanks for that. And uh, thanks for having me on, guys. It's been a blast. I've oh, been, we I've, loved I've, it. I've had a lot of fun listening to your podcast and uh, and you got a lot of good topics there. But I would say. Maybe Facebook is the best place. Look up. Uh, it's <laughs> this is classic, right? So that the, the <laughs> web page is called Rage and Our Legions of Thunder. On Facebook. Okay, okay. okay. Right. cool. Thank you. So Great. we're in. And at this point in uh, the band's uh, journey, they usually lock it down in the winter and start playing again. I guess our first gig is, is in April. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. So makes sense. We play up until a month ago, and then we'll start playing in April, and then they'll they'll start hitting the places hard. You know. Awesome. Awesome. Very good. We're looking forward to hearing it. Looking forward to that. Thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, John. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming on, John. It's been great having you. And Dave, what do we got? Is that the Guitar Dads podcast? Yeah, I think I think uh, we we can wrap it up right with that. That was uh, that was a great that was a great uh, a, a great podcast to start off 2022. John, we really appreciate you coming on. We can't wait to have you on again at some point soon. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, you guys out there, check check out check out Rage. Find them on. You can find just go on YouTube and 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 look for them. They're they're a great band. Um, and uh, we can't wait to hear you guys. Uh, you know, firing it back up in April. Yeah, and I want to hear Matt's band too. So I'll I'll be looking out for that. Yeah, check out my band. Yeah, it's, called, yeah. it's called Beat Street Band for you, John, and for the listeners out there. Okay. Beat Street is the name of the band. You can check us out on Facebook, Beat Street Band on Facebook. We got some um uh, videos up there. We do we do a clapping tune that is getting a good amount of views on Facebook and YouTube. So uh, check it out. Cool. So, yeah, another yeah. great, another great band. <laughs> but for yes. now, I think that was this week's Guitar Dads podcast. Check you guys on the flip. <laughs>